it's really important that we work with people that have a mindset of wealth creation through property. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, hello everyone. I'm back with another episode of She Renovates and today I have a special guest in Penelope Valentine. Now, Penelope has a business called Property Alchemy and I did initially ask Penelope in the questions uh, prior to us coming live where that name came from and what she said was it was a magical process of transformation, creation, or combination. So that gives you a bit of a sense of the philosophies of Penelope and her business partner, Belinda. And I guess Penelope's been my go-to person in terms of properties with our women who have properties in Sydney that they need someone that's really on the ball in terms of managing them. Sometimes it will be because the property is suitable for short-term corporate leasing. And so, and we keep coming back. So we're obviously happy, Penelope. But can I just get you to elaborate on what it is that you actually do? Yes, of course. Well, firstly, thank you so much for inviting me, Bernadette. I'm really excited to be here and talk to all the people that work with you. So we are a company, effectively we're a real estate agency, but we focus on property investors. It's really important to us that we work with people that have a mindset of wealth creation through property. So we buy and sell for our investors as well. But what we really do well is the property management because it's all very well purchasing a property and then obviously with your skill set, being able to add value to that. But if you're going to have an investment property long term, that wealth creation over time is really important. And I think that the management side of of this is something that we really specialise in. But both myself and Belinda are long-term property investors. So we really understand the value that a great property manager and someone with our mindset can offer. Absolutely. And I guess it's important to note that just about everyone is a an investor at some point in life. Like you might not see yourself as being an investor, but I know I'm just thinking about some of our women that have worked with you who have wanted to move out of their family home but don't want to sell it and want to hold on to it. So then all of a sudden flip into the next sort of category and so then do become an investor. And of course, when it's your family home, you also tend to be a little bit more precious about it. Yeah, we, we call it emotive when people have emotion around their family home. But it doesn't take long for us to work with them to understand that when you move into being a property investor, it's about the numbers. But that doesn't mean that we take any less care than we would do if it was an investment property. It's really around, when, well, you know what it's like with investors, yeah. it's making sure the numbers stack up. And I have to say, we do train renovators on managing that, those emotions when they are renovating their own family home as well, like because it's very easy to basically spend more than you add in value when you are emotionally driven. Correct. And we see that a lot. I've seen people put in kitchens, spend eighty, ninety thousand 90000 on a kitchen 
and on quite a modest home and it's just crazy. So there we go. So what are some of the things, now I'm talking generally but also specifically with you, what are some of the things and services that a property manager will perform? Yeah, look, that's a really great question because we often speak to owners and property investors that are self-managing and they don't see the value in $30, $40 a week to manage their property. So what the first thing is, is appraising and advising on the value and the condition of a property. So when people come to us, whether they've been referred through from you or it's just another property investor, we do an assessment of the investment property. And with I've got over 20 years experience in doing this. So I can make suggestions on how they could add value or what small things they could do to maximise the value and then give them an appraisal of the value based on comparative markets, the market analysis. So whatever's leasing in that property. Once we've done that and we agree on a price, there's a marketing strategy that we put in place. We advertise the property. We're very strategic on how we advertise as well. It's not just about taking some photos, writing some nice words and putting it up online. It's about thinking about the target audience that you want, making sure that you tailor the copy for that target audience, make sure the photographs are the very best you could be. And then you obviously do the open homes. At our company, we definitely meet the people. We don't outsource that because choosing the tenant sets the tenancy up for success. So appraising, advertising, sourcing and securing great tenants, making sure you do really thorough background checks on tenants before you put them through to the investor. Then you've got ingoing condition reports, tenant inductions, making sure the tenant knows how to use the home and can make sure they really enjoy living there. And if there's any nuances about a property, so there's a special cleaner that needs to go on the floor that they understand how they have to treat the property. And then regular routine inspections are really important. Obviously, rent reviews and lease reviews in consultation with the property investor and then ongoing guidance about the asset growth. I mean, you know what it's like with a property. You spend all this time and money buying a property, potentially doing it up. You need to make sure that year on year you're getting a great return on investment. Absolutely. And tenant induction is an interesting one because I I know like certainly often tenants will actually do damage when they don't Mm. know how to operate the appliances properly and so on. And of course, the rent and lease review. How are rents going in Sydney at the moment? Like a lot of areas, the rents are high and the vacancy rate is really low. But what are you finding that's happening locally? Look, I think there is a definite uptake in rent at the moment. Last year when there was a seller's market and sellers were just being sold left, right and centre, people were getting kicked out of their rental properties. But we're definitely seeing more buoyancy in the rental market now and an increase in prices. But I tell you a secret, which isn't really a secret, that if you have a good property that is well ventilated in a good area, it's maintained, it will always lease. We have an average days on market of four and that's because we work with our investors to make sure that their property is going to be something that a tenant falls in love with. So, yes, the market comes into play but so does the quality of the property. Absolutely, absolutely. And so one thing we will talk about making improvements to property but one thing that I do note, like I personally think that managing rental properties would have to be the most thankless chance because, I don't know, I think that, well, from what I've seen, it's a pretty tough gig 
And I've also noticed that some property managers just have so many properties mm. that they they can't barely come up for air. So what would you see as being an acceptable number of properties for one manager? Such a great question. So look, there's two systems of managing properties. There's a standalone property manager, which means they do everything. They do the leasing, they do the day-to-day maintenance, they do the condition reports. And we like that system because it means you've got one person that understands every aspect of your property. There's another system called a pod system where there's generally three people that manage a larger portfolio. And that means you've got one person doing the leasing, one person doing the day-to-day maintenance, and you may have another person that does the condition reports. And those three people are all supposed to communicate to the investor and make sure that the investment is looked after properly. And in my experience, that often is a recipe for disaster because there's a miscommunication, people don't always communicate. The average tenure of a property manager in Australia is 18 months. So people are leaving and coming and going and all that IP goes. So with a standalone property manager, I would say 100, maybe 150 properties, which is the absolute maximum. I would like to see no more than 100, and that's with really strong processes and systems. In a pod, really no more than 250, but I've heard of three people pods doing 350 to 400 managements. And I think there's a couple of reasons why that happens. Generally, the principal is a selling principal and doesn't really understand the nuances of property management and just how time-consuming it can be. And often property managers come into the industry, they want to get into sales, but they think property management is a good stopgap. They're generally not paid particularly well, so it's no wonder that they get stacked with lots of properties. They're not doing a good job simply because they don't have the time and the resources and often the training to do so. Yeah. And the, I, I think the, well, my take on it is that the model, the financial model of property management requires that you have brilliant systems because you would never be able to be profitable if you didn't. Is that something that you've noticed? Or Yeah, absolutely. There's been a, a revolution, I use that term loosely, in property management over the last five years. We've always been so far behind in sales in terms of technology, processes, procedures. But recently, there's been a lot of money thrown at better property management services and great technology that can facilitate economies of scale through businesses. So slowly businesses are starting to get out of their old ways and adopt this type of technology. So are you talking about things like online portals so that the landlord can access the reports and the photos themselves? And Absolutely. Yeah, and payments and so on. Oh, that's awesome. And, okay, so if someone was looking, let's say they're, they're not in Sydney so they can't engage property al- alchemy, what criteria would a property owner use to, in order to be able to choose a property manager um, that's going to look after their property? Because we've all heard the horror stories of the, the meth labs and so on in the, in the investment property. Mm. So how does someone choose a property manager that they know is going to make sure the property is cared for? Yeah, look, it's not easy. I think if you can get a referral from someone who's successfully using a property manager, that's a really good start. But in lieu of that, you need to effectively interview a property manager and their company. And some of the things I would be looking for is how long has that property manager, well, actually, let's go back to your first question around how many properties Mm -hmm. do they manage? Ask, how many properties do you manage? Do you do all the managements or are you in a pod system? Um, I would definitely want to know how long they've been in that business and how long they've been in the industry. What's their experience like? 
their depth of knowledge of the legislation. This is so important because a major part of a property manager's job is to mitigate risk for the landlord. So you want to make sure that they understand the legislation. Ask a bit about their processes. How do they make sure that rent reviews don't get missed? How do they do their ingoing condition reports? And what do I get as a property investor? Ask about their speed of return. So many times I hear investors saying, I've been trying to reach my property manager for two or three weeks, or even I don't even know who my property manager is because they keep changing. So dig a bit deeper on that. You know, when do they get back to you? What processes do they use? And also things like past performance. Have a look at what's been leased recently. And also go on Google, have a look at their reviews. You know, what are other owners saying? What are tenants saying? I think that speaks volumes about how that organisation operates. Absolutely. Uh, I agree. I do think that checking the bandwidth, as in the number of properties they are managing really speaks volumes Mm. because for companies really overloading their staff, they're not going to be able to have the attention to detail. So I always think that's a pretty critical metric. Okay, so let's talk about inspections. So because one of the questions I asked you is how can you ensure that your property is looked after Mm -hmm. well? And you've already mentioned getting great tenants who pay their rent on time and are good to deal with. What about the inspections? So should a an owner be attending inspections? How often should those inspections be done? And how often should rent reviews be done? Okay, so owners attending inspections, we always ask our owners if they want to attend inspections. And generally, it's not. Out of our portfolio, I've got one owner that likes to attend inspections. But I think that's because we've built up trust over many years and our investors are like, just this is a set and forget situation. Please go and do the routine inspections. Inspections, they they can be done at all different times. So we do our first inspection at three months after we start with the property and then every six months regularly. And we always make sure our inspections are really thorough. We highlight any areas of concern. So actually on our digital reports, we're able to highlight in yellow on our report any area of concern and then that piece of that report when we do our next routine inspection will highlight to us and I say so see I see a crack in the wall the next inspection it will highlight to me don't forget to look at that crack in the wall this is how big is it can I see that it's getting bigger so inspections are so so important and making sure you share those inspections with the investor is really important as well because it helps you educate them if the condition of the house is dilapidating, then you can say, look, we need to paint this property or we need to change the door handles. You can see from the inspections that the property is getting to us a standard which is not acceptable for us or for you. It's going to start impacting the rent. But it also lets the investor feel a bit of part of the the process and a part of their property. So three months, six months and every six months, and they have to be done regularly. I can't tell you how many times we take over a property and I say, can I have the last inspection? And it was done a year and a half ago. And it's just, it's really unacceptable. So making sure when you interview a property manager to our last point, one of the questions should be around their process is how often do you do inspections? What systems do you use for that? And am I able to see all the inspections? Beautiful, beautiful. So now 
Let's just go back to the other types of rentals. So you do executive leasing, fully furnished executive leasing, is that correct? Yeah, so generally executive leasing is is always fully furnished and it's basically short term. So because of COVID, there's been a massive shift in the landscape of rentals. There used to be heaps of Airbnb, short-term leasing, and that's actually just starting to come back now. But we do um, Airbnb leasing, we do short-term, we do long-term, term. We also do long-term fully furnished or unfurnished as well. But it just depends on the area as well. We have a lot of beachside locations. We're in the northern beaches. So a lot of the areas like Manly are really a great investment if you want to do executive leasing or short-term leasing because the demand is there, especially in the inner city as well. People are starting to come back into the office. So the inner city, again, will be a good time to do short-term leasing. But you probably know as well, over the last two years, the whole of the inner city was dead. People were actually offering free rent or you know, 50% off your rent if you would stay in the inner city and keep renting. Yeah, yeah. I must admit, we have our ground floor, we have on Airbnb, well, I don't at the moment because we're renovating, but I was lucky. I Because we allow pets, it was fully occupied the whole way through because people were doing renos or... Yeah, so that worked out quite well. So that won't be changing. But, yeah, I know that that it is different. And short-term is generally, is that generally minimum of three months? Yeah, I wouldn't do any less than three months. That's Then you're getting into Airbnb if you do kind of week, 10 days. But three months is normally a good term of secondment. So we work with a lot of relocation agents and now the economy is coming to pick up again and we've got international travellers. Yeah, short term around from three months. Yeah. And so what would be a good property for furnished executive leasing? So have you got a typical configuration that works well? Like is it two bedrooms, two bathrooms or? Yeah, it's generally two bed, two bath. Car isn't that important, but and it has to be high end. We've got executives, they need to be close to things. So if it's in Manly, for instance, it'd have to be near the ferry. If it's in the city, it has to be near a tram line or the train line. But yeah. it needs to be somewhere where people feel there can't be anything mould, it can't be dark. The bedrooms have to be recently renovated. There's just there's points of detail which really have to be attained. And yeah. that's something that we do. One of the first steps when we do an assessment of an investment property, it's looking at where we're going to make the best money here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's and that's, I think, your real forte, the fact that you have that flexibility. Mm. So if someone came to you, let's say, let's talk about long term for the moment, and someone came to you with their investment property and they were thinking about doing some renovations on it, What sort of things, like I know that this can be very specific to the area, but are there any sort of general things that you, that most tenants tend to look for? Well, look, the first big change is a home office or a study space. So we always look when we take on a property, where could we create that space and and sell it to a tenant? Because as we know, so many people are still working from home. So that's the first one. Secondly, we often like to choose floorboards over carpets just because they're way more practical. A lot of people have got allergies now, so it's great if there's a floorboard and they can put down rugs if they want. Fresh paint is 
it can transform property. So that's something that we always look to see. You, With tenancies that turn over a lot, you may need to paint the property every five years. Other than that, it's about every seven years. Skylights in dark spaces, nobody wants to live in a dark space. So it may cost you a couple of thousand dollars, but you may recoup that in a couple of years, plus you've added value onto the asset. And things like, I mean, you would know about this. So just smart little inexpensive ways to freshen up. So instead of doing a massive bathroom renovation, you may just spray paint the tiles white or resurface the bath or just change some handles in cupboards and kitchens or bathrooms. So there's always little things that you can do to add value, but it takes someone like yourself with an experienced eye to be able to make those recommendations. It's one of the things that I always say to our students is before you do anything to an investment property, talk to your property manager Mm. because they know what people in your area are needing. And one day this woman was renovating, you know those old red brickers in DY? Yes. And she said to me, I spoke to my property agent and he said to put plantation shutters in the lounge room. So it had this great big picture window and I thought, Okay, that's interesting, but okay, well, if that's what he's saying, let's go with it and see what happens. She got a tremendous price, and I think it was just that. So in those beaches types of areas, that's a, that's a very typical look. Very common. It's a little bit of extravagance and, like, seriously pushed up her rent like a couple of hundred dollars a week. So, yeah, there's a lot of value in, in working with your property agent because mm. they do know your market better. Mm. Okay, so there have been changes. Well, there have been changes in the short-term rental law as well. Certainly in Sydney, if you don't, if it's not a part of your own home, you're capped at 180 days that you yeah. can have on Airbnb. But there have also been changes in the Residential Tenancy Act. How does that impact landlords? So I think the, the two that really stand out for me are the break-lease fees. So it used to be that if your tenant broke a lease, if you had a 12-month lease, they had to pay all out-of-pocket costs for the owner to get a new tenant. So they would have to pay for the leasing fee, the advertising and any rent up until such time as a new tenant moved in. So if you had a lease, you knew as an investor, you had that annualised income over the 12-month period. Now with lobbying from the tenant groups, and I don't necessarily agree with this, it's completely changed. So they've broke, broken up the 12-month lease into four lots of three months. And if you leave in the first three months, you have to pay four weeks. The second three months, you have to pay the equivalent of three weeks rent as a break lease fee. And I just need investors to be aware of that. And there's nothing we can do. We actually are lobbying the government to make it more fair, but it doesn't pay for any of the costs. So if you have someone who moves out halfway through a lease, the owner gets two weeks rent, but that's taken up by a leasing fee and then they have to advertise and then there's obviously a vacancy period as well that comes along with that. So we always make sure that our owners understand that change in the legislation and make sure that we really get the right tenant up front. And another one is pets. And you mentioned before about the fact that you had pets, which meant that your property was constantly, had someone residing in it, which is great. So now strata cannot decline on a pet unless they have good reason. And that would be like a really large dog that's living in a small apartment, a dog that has bad pet reference. It's generally around dogs. So that's great because everybody's got a dog now after COVID. But the pets, I really like that. I always talk to our investors about how it's generally not the pet, it's generally the owner of the pet. And we work with our 
owners to make sure they understand their responsibilities. And we're part of the Real Estate Institute of New South Wales. And so we have really strong leases around pet ownership and making sure that the pet does anything to their property, that the owner is quickly compensated for that. Yeah, that's good. Because unfortunately, if it isn't managed well, they can do quite a lot of damage, scratching doors and carrying on. Absolutely. But again, that goes back to the routine inspections. So when you do a routine inspection at three months, you pick that up really quickly. You're like, right, you need to pay for all the painting of the doors. If we see this again at the next inspection, we have to give you a breach notice. And that quickly gets them back into line. But also with the induction that happens at the beginning, we make sure they understand what their responsibilities are. So setting that tenancy up for success is vital. Yeah, absolutely. And are, are there ever instances where corporate rentals allow pets? Absolutely, yeah. It depends. Look, more and more now, corporations allowing pets to come in. And people that are absolute pet lovers travel everywhere with their pets. It's a non-negotiable. It's their babies. Yeah. Well, I've recently become a pet owner, so I can certainly identify (laughs) with that. I've got a very delinquent cavoodle. Delinquent? Yeah. She's only six months old, but she's like a teenager at the moment. So she's a bit... Good luck with that. Headstrong, but beautiful. Okay, well, listen, I think we have completed our list. I did want to ask you one last question. What's the most shocking or funny situation you've come across? Is there anything that's worth reporting? Look, I I will tell you one thing. It's a little bit naughty, but, you know, when we do routine inspections, we always advise the tenant and we say you can be home or you can not be home, we'll come in. I can't tell you how many times they leave inappropriate things in their bedrooms just hanging around and they knew we were coming. I've really had my eyes open to what's available out there. <laughs> Sometimes I just walk in and I'm like, did they do that on purpose? So, yeah, so something I would say to all tenants out there, just close your little drawer. We never go through the drawers, just pack it away. But that's always gives me a giggle. <laughs> well, thanks very much for coming on, Penelope. I think that we have fleshed out some important points, particularly for landlords and so how if anyone wants to get in touch with you so remembering that Felicity works in Sydney do you want to be specific about what areas you work in Penelope? No so look we management is definitely something that we do and Sydney wide is our area of expertise but because we buy property as well we have a network of great property managers throughout Australia so if you do want a referral for someone in an area that's not in Sydney please reach out They can just go to our website, which is propertyalchemy.com.au. Beautiful. Well, listen, thank you for that. I'm going to declare this episode done. Thank you for having me. No worries. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.